I'm your host, Vanessa Levin, and on this podcast, I'm going to share the tools and training you need to teach better, save time, and live more. If you're ready to get started teaching smarter, not harder, then head over to prekpages.com to learn more. episode is brought to you by ESGI, an online assessment tool that makes sharing your students' progress toward early learning standards quick, easy, and fun. You're listening to Elevating Early Childhood. I'm your host, Vanessa Levin, and I help teachers of preschool and pre-K teach better, save time, and live more. In today's episode, I'll be sharing my favorite classroom purchases of all time. It was really difficult to narrow down my list to just 10 items because I've taught for a really long time and I've bought a lot of things for my classroom over the years, which explains why my garage is bursting at the seam with boxes of teaching materials. Some of the things I've bought have been real game changers and others, let's just say, not so much. My purpose with this episode isn't to get you to buy a bunch of things. Instead, I'm sharing my perspective about things that I like and have used and found helpful in my own classroom so that you don't have to waste your time and money on anything that you don't need. Everybody knows that the one thing teachers don't have a lot of, besides money, is time. There's never enough time in a day to get to everything that needs to be done. So that's why in this episode, I'll be focusing on those things that either A, have saved me time, or B, made my teacher life easier in some way. Some of these things I've used for a very long time and couldn't live without in my classroom, while others may be new to you. So stick around because this is going to be a fun episode. Oh, and if you're listening and you'd like to see any of the items I'm talking about, just hop over to my YouTube channel and you can watch the video version of this episode. Now, just for the sake of convenience, I'm going to put links to everything I'll be sharing with you today in the video description if you're watching. If you're listening, just hop over to Pre-K Pages and type in classroom must-haves into the search box, and that will bring up the blog post with all the links. Are you ready? Let's dive in. So first up is my personal laminator. Now, I know a lot of you probably already have one, but what I've learned over the years from working with lots of teachers is that there are two types of teachers, in my opinion, when it comes to personal laminators. There's the type of teacher who laminates all the things and probably has more than one personal laminator. And then there are the teachers who think that's just a complete waste of time because their school provides a laminator. And I will say early in my career, and I don't know when they invented personal laminators. I could be older than the personal laminator. I don't know. But I do know that once I found out about them, I never looked back, okay? So if you're watching along with us, I have my personal laminator here on the screen. I've already warmed it up. It's ready to go. My favorite personal laminator is scotch because it's a very inexpensive and you can find the little laminating pouches and everything you need at your big box store or Amazon. So what I like about it is, I don't know about you, but at my school, uh, we always had a long line at the laminator. I, in a public school, we had one of those giant professional laminators, you know, and um, there was always a line. And then 
There was nothing like having your plans dashed when the laminator broke down or ran out of film, right? That was always the worst. Um, and the laminating film that those big giant school laminators have tends to be thin and it just doesn't hold up like the personal laminator film does. Um, and I, of course, I didn't like waiting in that long line. And then, you know, if it broke, oh my gosh, you should have seen when it broke on the weekend. So um, this that I'm holding in my hand here, this, this is one of the pouches, right? And you can buy these pouches in bulk, uh, often at your um, bulk discount stores like Costco and so forth. You can get them on Amazon or you can get them where if you went to a big box store and bought your laminator, you can get it there. And so I have taken one of those laminating sheets out, opened it up and put something inside. And let's watch the magic happen. So I'm gonna laminate some name cards here and I'm gonna show you how thick it is when it's done. Um, and like I said before, I am guilty. I have more than one laminator. I mean, they're cheap and they're small. And sometimes I have to run them both at the same time to save me even more time. Now for the tough questions like what do you laminate and do you laminate cut or cut then laminate? I think you can probably already see the answer to that on my screen here is I like to laminate and then cut if possible. This film is, is a lot thicker and nicer than the stuff in the great big industrial laminating machines, at least the one that we had at my school. Um, because, because of course, all of that is done on a budget. Um, and at my school, the laminator was, um, the laminating film and the laminator were purchased by the PTA. So, um, you know, they were always looking to save money there. So these are just some name cards that I had that I wanted to laminate. And when it comes to cutting the items, um, I really like to just, I like to work smarter, not harder, to be honest. I would rather laminate it and then cut it. And I really don't have a big problem with this type of laminating film coming up around the edges. That is something I encountered with the great big laminators, but not so much with my personal laminator. Like I said, it's thicker, it heats up all the time evenly. You know, the industrial ones, they have really long rollers and if anything has happened to them or someone, heaven forbid, has laminated paper clips or magnets through them and the little rollers have bubbles, that's how you get a lot of that film coming up. Or it's not hot enough, you know, those professional laminators, they have to take a long time to heat up. And of course, 80 people might've used it before you or it could have been off all weekend. Lots of different factors, but I find with my personal laminator, I don't have to worry about any of that. It's always quick to heat up because it's small and it always does a consistent job. Now I will say that if you're gonna use it heavy, like twice a day, three times a day for a lot of stuff, and I, I've done that before, they do wear out a little more quickly. But the good news is, is that these are about, the, the one that I showed you, the Scotch brand's about $20. And you know, if I were to pay someone like $5 to stand in line for me in the, the teacher workroom and wait for the laminating machine, I probably would have done it just to save myself time, right? So it, that would have added up over the year to way more than $20. So um, that's my take on the personal laminator.
week. Ready to get individual help applying teaching best practices in your classroom from qualified mentors? Check out our incredible professional development resource and support program exclusively for early childhood educators at teachingtrailblazers.com. Item number two is something that's new to me and it might be new to some of you or it could be old news. But to me, it was a real game changer. My only regret is I didn't find it earlier in my career. I don't know if these always existed and I just didn't know about them. Adult spring-loaded scissors. <laughs> this could have saved me from carpal tunnel. And unfortunately, I think it's a little too late for me now. I'm probably gonna have to have the surgery someday. But these are amazing. And so in keeping with our theme here of laminating things, I thought I would show you exactly how it works. So if you're watching with us, I'm holding these up and you can see the spring right there. And when I push down on these, they pop right back up. Push down, they pop right back up. So when you're cutting, it takes a lot less force and you can cut for longer without your hand cramping up, right? So it just cuts through things so nicely. These are Fiskars brand, in case you're wondering. And I will say they weren't cheap. They were the same price as the personal laminator, but these little babies are so worth the price. You know those scissors they give you when you start working in a public school? You know, they give you a scissors and stapler. At least that's what they gave me. I hope they still give out scissors and staplers, but they're, they were the worst things in the whole world. Like the scissors were such junk. They, they didn't even cut. They were loosely put together. I mean, they were like carpal tunnel makers. So um, yeah, I think these would save teachers the hazard, right? It's a job, it's a job hazard for us is all the cutting that we do. This would save a lot of teachers. So I got these on Amazon. Um, they are Fiskars brand, they are sharp. You're gonna wanna keep them away from your kids. That's implied, okay? Keep them away from your kids, keep them safe, keep them in a locked drawer if you can. Use them when the kids are not around. I don't know about you, but I never cut laminating film when the kids are in the classroom. Um, but these are worth their weight in gold. I'm never gonna teach without these again. So item number three that I absolutely cannot live without is my One Touch Stapler. This one is the Bostitch brand. Um, I think they also make them, other brands also make them. I bought mine on Amazon because, and here's the word of caution, don't do what I did. I did not know that some staplers do not open all the way up to use on the bulletin board. Because prior to finding out about this one touch stapler, I was using this school stapler. You all know the stapler I'm talking about. It weighs five pounds. And in order to get it to staple, you gotta bang on it really hard, right? Um, I used that for so many years. I can remember my very first year of teaching here in the States and I was putting up bulletin boards every single wall in my classroom except the wall that had windows. And because I was new, I didn't know any better. And I subscribed to all the teacher magazines. Yes, it was that long ago. 
and they all showed how bulletin boards were changed at the beginning of every month. And so the last day of every month, I stayed at school or went up to school the weekend before with a ladder and I would decorate every inch of all of those bulletin boards. Can you even imagine? Yeah, and I used that old school stapler and I would hit the stapler on the wall really hard because it was hard to do. I had to use two hands. I'm on a ladder, right? I'm standing on top of a ladder and I've got to use two hands for every staple. How dangerous is that? Looking back on it now, I'm like, what? But back in the day, that's what I did. It is a game changer. If you want to staple something, you just simply, how easy was that? But don't make this mistake. I bought this one and it did not open. Like I spent an hour trying to get it to open. Finally, I looked up online the brand that it was and it said does not open to tack on bulletin boards. So that's why I ordered the other one online again because um, right in the product description it said opens to tack on bulletin board. So just FYI, but cannot live without my one touch stapler. In fact, I have one in my office at home. I've got two in my classroom. I bought one for my husband. I mean, I, that's how much I think of them. They are everything. Item number four is my HP Instant Ink Wireless Printer. Oh my goodness, when I first found out about this printer about six years ago, it was like the heavens opened and the angels were singing. I mean, I can't even imagine how much this changed my life. I mean, gate total game changer. Any teacher who's ever purchased one will tell you the same thing. So I don't know about you, but at my school, right, we had um, very little access to printers. We each had a printer in our room, but we were only provided with black and white ink cartridges, and we were very restricted on the amount of ink we could use in those printers. So we're talking like two cartridges a year. And you and I both know that any early childhood teacher is going to use way more than that, even in a month. So I just didn't have a lot of opportunity to print things and forget the colored ink. Our school would never do that. That's just not something that was in the budget. So I always printed stuff at home, but my, my ink and everything I printed at home was always kind of fuzzy or I would get lines in it or I would just run out of ink all the time. I can't tell you how many times I had to run to Walmart on a Sunday night because my ink ran out right in the middle of printing something that I needed for Monday, right? I'm sure you can relate. So when I heard about this HP Instant Ink printer, I decided to check it out and they are a real game changer. So you pay for the printer. The cheapest one that I found right now was about, I want to say $85. And, but, 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 here's the but. It included six months of the HP Instant Ink. And what I like about that is um, it, it, it's a smart printer. So it knows when you're running low on ink and it sends some kind of magical message through the airwaves to HP and they instantly ship you the ink right? So your, your ink never runs out on you anymore because it's like an auto subscription, right? Now they don't send it when you don't need it. 
So they just send it when your cartridge sends the signal that it's getting low. They come in the mail and they do have a recycling program so that you can send back your empty cartridges, which was really important to me. And the printer is so good. Remember when printers used to be like three to $500 back in the day? I mean, it's so cheap and it comes with a six month subscription. So that was a game changer for me. Um, I've had mine for about uh, six years now, like I said, it's still going strong. I still get my instant ink every month delivered to my house. Um, I can pause it if I want to. When I moved, I paused it for a while because I didn't know when I would be able to hook my printer up again. It was totally fine. And if you want, you can choose packages. Like once you go beyond that six months free, um, you can choose, you know, by pages, the number of what package you want. I think they're the biggest package at the time I signed up for it was like $15 for like 500, 600, I don't even know the number of um, pages I got per month. So real game changer. No more late night Sunday trips to Walmart. And the printer is fairly inexpensive. It's lasted me a good long time and um, super easy to use. Word to the wise though, some teachers have tried to use them at school. These printers work on Wi-Fi. So if you do not have the ability to link this printer up to Wi-Fi in your school. If that's not something your school has or allows you to do, then you can't use it at school. So I've used mine at home um, and that's perfectly fine because then I didn't have to stay at school and wait for the copy machine a lot of times. Now, if I had something black and white, you know, I would still go to the copy machine, but you know, we didn't print color, any of that stuff. So bottom line, you need the HP Instant Ink printer in your life. If you have one and you love it, let us know. Um, if you're watching in the comment section below this video, if you found one, another, another option, I know there's a lot of people right now talking about like there's an Epson, like tankless something or other that people seem to like a lot, let us know. This is one of those hot topics in education where, you know, instant ink, Epson, instant ink, Epson. So let us know your favorite and why in the comments section. Item number five is my nuts and bolts drawer organizer. If you're watching along, here it is on the screen. How did I get it teal? Teal is my favorite color. I spray painted it. So this one came white and we spray painted it with teal spray paint and they make spray paint that you can use on plastic. And what I like to do with them, I use them for a number of different things. So I have several of these. This one is for magnetic letters and I love it because if I'm doing name activities with kids, I can quickly just find the letters I need to make the names of the kids in my small group. So I would keep this near my small group table so I could pull out their letters really quickly. This is not something I would give the children access to. This is just for me, this is a teacher tool. Um, I have written the letters with a Sharpie inside the drawer with the letter G, I have all the G's, right? So I thought I would label each drawer with a sticker because they were cute, right? They were in the target dollar spot, they were cute. Um, and then I was absent one day and then I came back and all the kids had picked the stickers up. And so then I tried hot gluing little um, mini erasers to the front of each of the drawers. And because I lived in Texas at the time, um, over the summer, all of the letters melted off the front. <laughs> so the hot glue just became liquid and then they all just ran down the front and made a giant mess. And that's when I threw my hands up in the air and said, you know what, Pinterest, 
I don't care. And <laughs> I just used a Sharpie. So that is the story of my nuts and bolts drawer. But let me tell you about when I first started using them. I actually started using them a long time before Pinterest was ever around because my, I want to say my third year teaching, I can't remember exactly when, um, but I moved to Boston and I taught in the Head Start program and we were not allowed to have a teacher desk. They didn't provide them for us and we were not allowed to have one even if we could get our hands on one. Um, it was just one of the policies they had in place at the time. And I, you know, had never heard of this before. And it was a shock to me, like, where am I going to keep my stapler and my, you know, um, staples and all the things that you would usually put in your desk drawer? Like, where am I going to keep those and keep them away from the kids? And so that's when I started using a nuts and bolts organizer, like I just showed you. And so we had a shelf in the closet and it was big enough for the nuts and bolts organizer. And so I just put everything um, that I needed as far as desk supplies went into that nuts and bolts organizer. And I kept it in the, on that shelf in the closet and worked out really well, actually. Um, so I started using one way back then. And it's really funny because back then they were like $10 at the home improvement store. They only came in black or gray and they were about $10 for a small one. And guess what they are now? They're not $10 anymore. <laughs> because somebody caught on that teachers love these things. So now they cost a lot more. Um, maybe you can still find them if you search in person at a home improvement store, but I haven't seen them anywhere for less than $20 recently since Pinterest was invented. Um, but I still use one for all of my office supplies. And I've had substitutes tell me how grateful they were for the the office supplies to be stored in that way. So you know how when a sub comes in, sometimes they need a rubber band, sometimes they need a stapler, sometimes they need a paper clip, sometimes they need band-aids, you know, they need any number of things and they don't like to rummage through your drawers looking for stuff. And so I use a label maker to label each of the drawers on my, some people call it a toolbox, but it's a nuts and bolts organizer. Um, I just use a a label maker. Uh, and that probably could be one of my 10 things, my trusty label maker. And again, I know the Pinterest teachers are, are aghast because I didn't decorate my uh, nuts and bolts drawers with the cute fancy little labels. I just don't think it's necessary. I'd prefer to, to just use my label maker and that way I don't have to change out the little labels on the drawers when the next fad comes along, you know, the succulents or the unicorns or the uh, the boho, whatever it is, I don't have to worry about changing it out. And it just works well for me and it works really well for subs too. Item number six is my paper cutter. Now, for any of you who've ever worked in a school where there is a teacher workroom and there's a giant paper cutter in there and the blade hasn't been sharpened since Nixon was in the White House, <laughs> And quite often the, the blade arm is off. So when you're cutting, you have to either fight it to the left or fight it to the right to get it to cut right. Um, there's a long line to use it. I know many teachers who've had serious accidents with those great big guillotines. So what's a teacher to do? But buy a small paper cutter to keep in their classroom. And then you don't have to run down to the teacher workroom all the time. And that has saved me so much time and stress over the years to have my own paper cutter in my classroom. Of course, 
Supervision is implied, meaning you're never going to want to use it around your students. You're going to want to keep it locked up when they're in the classroom, top shelf somewhere in a closet with a lock on the door. But having said that, I know that you're all professional educators and you would never leave your paper cutter out when the children were there. But I love it. I can just cut, and you know, there's a lot of laminating cutting that we do in the early childhood field. So my paper cutter is my best friend. I can make sure that the blade remains sharp. If I use it properly, it's not gonna get all wobbly. Um, I just love it. I could never live without my laminator, my paper cutter, my one-touch stapler. These are all like must-haves. Item number seven is my Creative Station Xyron machine. So here's what it looks like. It says Creative Station Xyron right there. And I'm gonna use the sticky feature in this example here. I love this thing. So I first heard about Xyron machines back in the early 2000s, maybe maybe like 2005 if I had to guess. And I was at a teacher workshop and there was a teacher explaining how she made her own stickers using this thing called a Xyron. And I, of course, like ran from the room and bought one that day. It was a lot smaller. It was much different then. Um, but this is what it looks like now, or at least when I bought it, it might have changed since then. It has this little arm that comes out and one of the really great things is that this thing doesn't have electricity. You can use this in a, in a tornado, in a blackout, it doesn't matter. And I have the sticky version in there right now. So what this is gonna do, these are things that I want to, um, to stick to my birthday bags, right? So I'm gonna run it through. Now ideally I probably would like to cut these out first, but I just wanna show you. So I'm gonna roll the arm here. Now it looks like it's laminating it, but don't worry, it's not. And just like a laminator, it has this little cutter on the back side, right? You slide it over and it cuts it off. And now, watch this y'all, this is amazing. And again, if you're listening and you wanna see this, just hop over to my YouTube channel. I'm gonna peel it. And the paper is there, the top is just fine, right? The top is, is not sticky at all, but I'm gonna peel the paper. Look at that. It's all sticky like a sticker. Now all I have to do is cut out these little squares and stick them on the front of my birthday bags. And then I can just peel off the back and then stick that right on the birthday bags. And I don't have to use a glue stick and I don't have to worry about the purple showing through. Like what is that with the Elmer's glue sticks that, you know, if you, if you glue a piece of paper on something, the purple backing shows through. I can't stand that, but I digress. So I love my Xyron machine. I tend to use the sticky back version a lot more than the other version. So what I'm talking about, when I say version, I mean that um, 
they have rolls that you can put in there. So I could put a magnetic roll in here and I could roll things through and it would have a magnet on the back. How cool is that? Um, and then I have this sticky version here and when I roll things through um, on that roller, it all has sticky back stuff on it and then that's how it comes out like you just saw. So those are the two versions I've used. I don't know what else it can do, but I love it. I make my name puzzles using the sticky back feature. Um, I make uh, library pockets, you know, um, just run them through and then you can stick them on your poster board or chart paper, whatever you've got. It's just amazing. I just love it. It doesn't take up a lot of space because it kind of folds up when we're done and it sits really nicely on a shelf. Um, so it's really only like a like the size of a large binder when you go to put it on the shelf. It doesn't take any electricity. Just love it. So next up is item number eight and that is the sticky pockets from Target. So here you can see on the screen um, in the Target Bullseye Playground, they have these types of labels. They're called adhesive square label pockets. 20 come in a package and the cost is $3. They don't always have them though. So when you see them, grab some and stock up. You can order them online, but you have to buy all the different sizes in bulk. Um, so I like to just buy the square ones. They have some that will hold like student name plates and such. And here is a tub that I would have in my ABC Center. And if, if you want to know what these are in here, if I was going to do a episode all about my favorite um, things to put in my ABC Center or my Alphabet Center, I would definitely put the Lakeshore alphabets on my list. These are amazing. They're like transformers only for letters. Um, and my very, very active nephew came to visit me recently and he had never been to my classroom. And he came in and played with these for a long time. So what do you do with these? I use these to label all the tubs in every one of my centers. So I have my labels here. These are from my classroom labels um, pack. And I have a picture of the alphabets. I'm going to stick them in the sleeve, right? They go right in the sleeve. And then I'm going to take the backing off of this sticky, sticky label pocket. And I'm going to put it right on the end of the tub. Let's see if I can show it to you. There you go. And now when the children go to put the toys back on the shelf when it's time to clean up, um, they look at the label on the end of the tub and I have another one on the other end where I would put another label so they have a 100% chance of getting it with the label facing forward and then another matching one on the shelf. Now I don't always use these clear labels on the shelves um, but you can if you want to. They tend to rip up the labels on the shelves quite often so I use packing tape. Yes it does leave residue. Yes it is. It can be messy but that's what they made Gugan for in my opinion. <laughs> so you can't go wrong with these label pockets at the Target Bullseye Playground. Um, that is something that I use all the time to label every single tub in every single center. All right, that brings us to 
the clear tub. So that's number nine, and I just showed you a clear tub on the screen. I really don't like all the tubs that come in with, you know, the cubbies that we buy from the professional teacher supply places, you know, the, the furniture places that are on your approved vendor list if you're in a public school. They come with these primary colored tubs and it's just too loud for my liking. I think kids are loud enough themselves. We don't need to add to that loud with lots of really bright colors everywhere. And then what it does is over the years, the tubs get lost or broken. And I've been in classrooms where half the tubs are destroyed and they've been replaced with clear and then you've got red blue yellow green somebody bought purple you know it's just a mess and they don't ever stay with that classroom right because we have to clean out our classrooms over the summer while well, they wax the floors and then we they put stuff back and stuff gets borrowed air quotes so anyway i love my clear tubs because i don't have to worry about any matching any themes or anything like that they, they help calm the classroom just a little bit. In my, in my viewpoint, they do because we're not, the colors aren't shouting at us all over the room. Um, so I like to keep everything, all the tubs that are on my shelves clear for that reason, especially in the youngest classrooms, right? With preschool through ages three, four, and five, we just don't want to add to the visual clutter or the noise in the classroom. So for that reason, I like my clear tubs. The one I just showed you on the screen is probably from Discount School Supply or school specialty. Those are two places where I've ordered clear tubs before. Um, my whole classroom is filled with clear tubs. If you live near an Ikea, go to their organizational section and they have these fantastic tubs for just over a dollar each. And they are fantastic. They hold up really well. They're clear. Um, they come with lids, which I don't need. I don't use lids in my classroom. What I find with these really thick ones is really, really awesome ones from the teacher supply catalogs is that there is, I think, something in them, some chemical. They do turn yellow over the course of several years. So I had to get rid of some recently that were old and they had turned yellow. So keep that in mind. So sometimes going cheap can work to your benefit because if you do have to replace them for any reason, like if they turn all yellow or get brittle, um, it will be less expensive. So that's my take on the clear tubs. So that brings us to item number 10 and that is my iris rainbow cases. So let me give you a peek into those. Okay, so if you're watching along, you can see this is a um, container filled with these little cases here, these rainbow colored cases. This is supposed to be a photo keeper, these little boxes, so you can keep photographs stored and safe. And of course, teachers know that these boxes have so many fantastic uses in the classroom. So if you're watching along, I have labeled each of these little um, cases with my label maker. I probably should have included that in this video is one of my favorite things because I do label all the things in my classroom for myself. Um, this way when the case is on the shelf, I can quickly at a glance see what's inside the cases. Um, but what do I keep in them? This particular iris case is filled with mini erasers. I do also keep mini erasers in the nuts and bolts drawers because I just have so, so, so many that I've collected over the years. Uh, obviously these are gingerbread men. 
I did make these labels myself. I think they're available to our um, members, Trailblazer members. I'm not quite sure. I'll have to look for you. Um, but anyway, all of the mini erasers are located in here. I like these a little bit more than the nuts and bolts organizers for my mini erasers because um, you can actually hold two sets of mini erasers in each case. And everybody knows if you have a class of little kids, you're gonna need more than one set in order to do any kind of activity with them. So um, I can keep them in here. So I have about four of these cases filled with mini erasers and um, I've made all the labels for them on the front. So if I wanted to um, have certain ones out at certain times for the kids to use, um, they could do that as well. Then it folds up like this. So it's like a carrying case the handle snaps, and then you can pick it up. But I will say that when it's full of mini erasers, it is very, very heavy. So I store these on the bottom of my uh, cabinets in my classroom, and I have four of these. And then I have one that's for um, like STEM stuff as well. Okay, so those are my top 10 classroom must-haves for the early childhood classroom. And I did want to give you three things that teachers have told me they love and that they've had on their lists that I haven't personally used because I haven't used everything that's out there. Number one is the wireless doorbell. I have not used one. If you have and you're watching, go ahead and leave me a comment in the comment section below. Let me know what you think of your wireless doorbell and how you use it in the early childhood classroom. That's ages three, four, and five, preschool, pre-K. And then the next one is sit spots. Now I love sit spots and I've seen them at many, many conferences that I've spoken at. I've, I've talked to the owner or the creator, I love them. The only drawback that they have that kept me from using them in my classroom was they don't stick to the fancy carpets like the ones you get from Lakeshore or any of the other big um, teacher supply places like that because those are really nice and they're flame retardant and the sit spots can't stick to them. But if you're in a public school and you have those lovely public school carpets in your classroom, I know not all parts of the country carpet their classrooms, but in Texas, wall to wall carpet everywhere you go. And that carpet is nice and cheap and the fibers are more loosely woven and the sit spots stick nicely to those. And so you can have little spots for lining up or sitting on the carpet, um, things like that. And so teachers love sit spots. They even make them in different shapes now. All kinds of cool things you can do with them in your classroom but it helps you basically arrange and organize your students right during circle time or lining up time all of that good stuff and then the third one that a lot of teachers love especially if you have a big playground is the electronic whistle now I didn't need that because our playground was very very small and it would have been great for those years when I was at a school where there was a large playground but most of the times the pre-k playground is a lot smaller than the great big elementary one. And so electric whistle wouldn't have worked for me in that case, in that scenario. But if you work in a place where you have got a gigantic elementary school playground yard, then you might wanna check out the electronic whistle. So those are three extras that teachers have told me they love, but I haven't personally used. So that's it for now. If you want me to do any other of my classroom must-haves, like must-haves for the Science Center, Math Center, Literacy Center, just let me know in the comment section or shoot me an email at prekpages.com. Until next time, I'm Vanessa Levin, onward and upward. Thank you so much for listening to Elevating Early Childhood. 
Do you have a question that you'd like me to answer raw and uncut right here on the podcast? All you need to do is head over to Apple Podcasts and follow these three simple steps. Step one, leave an honest rating and review telling me what you think of the podcast. Step two, in that review, ask anything you want related to early childhood education. And step three, if you'd like a shout out, leave your Instagram handle or name for me right there in your review. That's it. Easy squeezy, lemon peasy. Then listen in each week for a chance to hear your question answered right here on the podcast. Until next time, I'm Vanessa Levin from Elevating Early Childhood. Onward and upward.